Well, happy Father's Day to all of you. And actually, it's it's to everybody because if you may not, if you're not a father, you're a mom. But you you help make a father by being a child yourself. So uh, you know, happy Father's Day. And uh, in the way of announcements this morning, uh, Monday, July fourth, we have a. Uh, July 4th celebration at the Petersons. Now, they're going to have hot dogs and hot dog buns and, and some other sides there as well. Um, but they'll also, they'll also have a, a barbecue uh, set up. So if you want to bring your own meat and barbecue something different than hot dogs, you're welcome to do so. And if you'd like to bring us a favorite side dish of some kind, feel free to do that as well. It starts at one o'clock, and uh, the is, I don't know if the slide is up there or not, but uh, it's uh, a time of, of fun and joy to get together. And uh, we hadn't, we weren't able to do it uh, because of the uh, COVID stuff going on for a while. So we get to do it now, and it's, I'm just looking forward to the afternoon, and it should be a lot of fun. Hope you can all make it. In a way of prayer. Uh, just remembering to keep Lee and, and Jackie in prayer. Uh, Lee is uh, doing quite well at the, as far as uh, her therapy goes, but uh, it's it's still going to be a question mark as to how long this takes. And in the meantime, somebody stole her dryer off her back porch. And uh, so she found out about that. She's just trying to find figure out who would have the, the, the nerve to go through the, the yard and, and into the back of the house and steal a, a dryer, of all things. So, uh, just, uh, huh? Somebody with wet clothes, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, just, uh, it, it's one of those things where you just you feel violated, you know, and so uh, just uh, praying for her. And then, and then Jackie as well, uh, just that she'll continue with her therapy and, and, uh, uh, able to, to get on with, uh, a little bit more movement and, and she is doing a little bit better. So she appreciates the prayers and certainly praying for our Father's Day. Let's pray together. Lord God, we come to you this morning to say thank you. First off, we bring our fathers to you and, and all of us who are fathers, and, and we ask, Lord, that you would cause us to be the men of God you want us to be. That we would be the fathers you want us to be. That we would set the example for our sons and daughters and those around us uh, as to what it is to be in love with the Lord God, the God of all creation, uh, the God of our salvation. And so we come to you and ask that you would uh, use this service even to equip us to be the men of God you want us to be. We also want to take the opportunity to pray for our nation and ask for uh, peace in our, in our nation and, and a restoration of harmony and, and uh, just uh, working things out in such a way that people get along with each other and, and uh, that we can be truly, again, the idea of one nation under God. Uh, and we just uh, look to that and ask, Lord, that you would be with us. And then with Lee and Jackie, just comfort them and strengthen their bodies, we pray. 
And then, Lord, to be with the service as we commit this time to You. As we open Your Word, we ask that You would speak through Your Word to us. Your Holy Spirit would open our minds and our hearts to receive from You this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, we continue in the book of Romans. We're in chapter 12. And uh, we are looking at verses 17 through 21. And so uh, let's, uh, I'd like to read those verses and then we'll share them together. Paul writes, verse 17 Repay no one evil for evil. But give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Last week, I, I jumped to the middle of this passage a little, you know, looked at verse 18, uh, as to me, what is, I, I would, I guess, say is the, the, the theme of this section is be at peace. As much as it's up to you to be at peace. And uh, again, I want to just read that verse alone. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And as far as it depends on you, that it's not always going to be at, at your discretion. There might be those who just don't want to be at peace with you for whatever reason. Some people are just unpeaceable. <laughs> I don't know if that's a word or not, but we just used it. And uh, so, this idea of being at peace, as much as it's up to you, as much as you can do to, to foster peace with your neighbors, with your family, with your friends, within your congregation, within your community, as much as possible, do this. And, and so, it's, this idea of being at peace is, is the critical part. And by the way, you can't be at peace unless verses 1 and 2 of chapter 12 are happening. Take a quick look at this as a, a sense of review. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by Testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is our act of worship. And by the way, there's a prelude to this. If chapters 1 through 11 of Romans are not affecting your life, then it's hard to do this. Romans uh, chapter 1 through 11 is kind of like a prelude to all this. Paul's laying out all this doctrine, and then he says, now let's apply it. And, and the key to this one is, is Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, where it talks about the fact that we are to uh, be 
in our mouth, confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, raised from the dead. And it, Paul makes it very clear. If you do this, you will be saved. Now, it's not just to say it by words, but the implication is, is that as we say it, it's because we believe in our heart. In other words, he, Paul makes sure we, that that's in there. But just not a confession, but it's something that's coming from the depths of who we are. There's a, a change happening. And that's what chapter 12 is talking about. We're no longer wanting to be conformed to the world, but we're asking God to transform us. That is to completely change the way we think. By the renewing of our mind, completely change the way we think. Help us to think like the Word instructs us. And then Paul gives us a number of, of things, uh, starting with verse 3, uh, but especially zeroing in at verse 9, of things that need to be uh, in, our, in our approach to this as far as uh, thinking the way God would have us think. And he starts right off, verse 9, with, let your love be genuine. And the idea of genuine here is the opposite of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy, I think the simplest definition that we are accustomed to would be two-faced. Somebody who says one thing but is something else. So we put a mask on. And that goes back to Greek acting and the idea of hypocrisy is where that word goes. But the idea for us today, hypocrisy is, is someone who says one thing but, but thinks something different. In other words, let our love be genuine. Let it be real. Don't just say, I love you, and then walk away and, and not think about it ever again. But when you tell someone you love them, you, you're now offering the, this idea of the, that you're going to, to be concerned about them. If you love someone, you what? You would pray for them. You would think about them. You would desire that they would uh, have their needs met. And, in fact, we're told in Scripture that if we know that somebody has a need and we're not meeting it, we're in sin. So, the idea is to, is to be, have a genuine love. For one another. And within the framework of that, it's to be at peace. And, and this idea of being at peace in verse 18 is at peace with God and at peace with each other. How are we at peace with God? We come back, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and you will be saved. You are now at peace with God. You have been reconciled. The penalty has been paid. You were once an enemy, now you are his child. You are at peace with God. This idea of living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, spiritual worship, transformed, renewed mind, all of it, again, goes to this picture of genuine love. And you notice, tied with that in verse 9 is, abhor what is evil. Abhor what is evil. In other words, detest. Actually, the word of horror can be translated hate. We're normally, as Christians, we think that, you know, we tell our kids not to tell anybody we hate, you know, but we can hate evil in its nature, okay? And, and who's the author of evil? The devil. So we can, we can hate the devil. It's okay. And, and that idea of, of, of coming along, uh, is, is really important. So, I, what I would like to do, uh, that is a way of introduction, to look at 17, verse 17, the first part of it. 
Repay no one evil for evil. This reject. Well, how do I put this? Uh, let's let's just repay no one for evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And then look at verse nineteen. Never avenge yourselves. It says never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For God says it's vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So what I wanted to, to, to drive for is repay no one evil for evil. The, the tendency for us is to do you know, unto others as they do unto us and take it all the way down the line to when if it's a negative, we, we, we say something, if, even if it's just to speak evil of them. Gossip, by the way, is evil. So if I speak poorly of you, I am committing evil. Reject this. Don't you know? We are you know. No one is to be repaying evil for evil. Reject revenge uh, uh, is this idea of never. You know, never. We're, we're never to avenge ourselves. That word "never" is really strong. It means period. <laughs> we're not to take up and avenge ourselves. Comes back to verse eighteen. Be at peace, as much as it is possible. Avenge yourself. Never avenge yourselves. Leave it to the wrath, the judgment of God. Judgment is God's thing. It's His duty. He sees the heart. We're not able to see the heart. We may see part of it and we think, gosh, this person is despicable. <laughs> this person is, is, is off-center. This person is not nice, whatever. We don't know what that person has been through. We don't know anything about it. In fact, Jesus would tell us to do what with that person if we would say, that's our enemy. What would He tell us to do? Love Him. Love your enemies, Jesus tells us. By the way, that's another part of this picture of genuine love. Leave the, the wrath, the judgment to God. God knows what is best. And His timing is best. That's the other thing. We, do, we, we look at something and we see someone going on and on and on and on and getting away with crime. I think of some of these drug lords, especially when you get into the the some of these mansions that some of these guys have in the South America and 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 and, and Central America and they, they you, you wonder how there's no equity here there they, these heads of these cartels and stuff and how come they they seem to to just go on and on and on God's got it under control and His timing will be perfect His judgment will be Absolutely perfect. He will not miss a beat. He's never late. God knows best. This just isn't natural for us. But if we're in the picture here of being transformed and having our minds renewed, it becomes our new nature. Our new way of looking at the world. 
we basically ask to have the, the eyes of God, the ears of God, the words of God in us. So, you know, never avenge yourself. Verse 19, never avenge yourself. And then verse 20, to the contrary. The word implies the opposite is coming. To the contrary. Do acts of kindness. Man, I want to make it difficult. I'm not only to, to, to not say anything about this person, evil or, or unkind words, but I'm to do acts of kindness. Look at what it says in verse 20 after it says contrary. It says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And it literally means set the table bountifully for them. If he's thirsty, give him drink. And don't be. St- and, and, and again, the implication here is, is not to be stingy with it. Adequate drink, abundant drink, so that his thirst is quenched. Feed and 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 take care of and and my enemy. Well, there is a, a parable. That parallels this. The Good Samaritan. Now, somebody will say that that person, that that that, that uh, Jew on the side of the road, had not ever seen this Gentile that stopped and and was the Good Samaritan to him. But the Good Samaritan was used to being railed at by Jewish people. He was used to seeing people see him coming, and because they dressed differently than the Jewish people cross the street before they, they got to him so that they wouldn't contaminate themselves. He was used to, at, at, at best, if he was a converted to the Jewish faith, getting to stand out in the outer court to worship. He wasn't allowed further than that. And yet here he sees this person and what did he do? He not only fed him and made sure he had his thirst taken care of, but he actually gave medicine, if you will, to him, brought uh, relief to his pain and suffering, and then took him to an inn, left him and said, I'll be back in a couple of days. Whatever his bill is, I will take care of it. That's the attitude God wants us to have. He didn't know him. And by nature, Gentile to Jew, they're enemies. And yet, he showed compassion. He showed genuine love. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. Then he says, heap burning coals on his head. Look at what how that, that's worded. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, that's a metaphor. Yes, we're not supposed to set him on fire. Yeah. Uh, 
this idea of heat burning coals in her head. I'm going to get to that later. But the question mark, and it's and it's and it's it's a debate as to whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. We'll look at that later. Back to 17, the second half. Give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. What would a transformed person with a renewed mind do? In other words, he'll be honorable. What is to be honorable? What does it mean to to, to do what is honorable? Does anybody want to take a, a, a shot at that? Huh? Respect. Okay, that's part of it. To honor someone is to respect them. And so that's tied to this. It's to do the right thing. Again, what is the need? Meet it. Hunger, thirst, pain, suffering. Whatever the need is, and you're there and you know it, God has put you in a place to meet it. Do what is honorable. That's what a transformed person with a renewed mind would do. And again, be at peace with God, with man. Don't take revenge. And this idea of not to take revenge also ties to where we were with verse 14. Bless and do not curse. Someone is persecuting you. They are your enemy. And he says, don't curse them. Bless them. In fact, it's not don't curse them, don't say anything. It's say something, bless them. Ask God to bless them. It's so contrary. That's why we need this transformation. This is why we need this renewed mind. This is why we come to the Scripture and ask God to open our heart as we read through it. Have you noticed over the years as you read the Scripture, some of you have been Christians for a long time, and you read a verse and you'll say, oh my gosh, I never saw that before. And it's a passage that you've read through many times. Well, the reason why you hadn't seen it before was that you weren't ready for it yet. But now all of a sudden you see some new truth and you realize that goes with this, this goes with that. And I've got a bigger picture, a more complete picture of what God wants of me. That's what a renewed mind is. That's the renewing of your mind, the transformation. God changing us the way we think. We have a world that's really contending for our our attention. Anybody in here that has a TV knows. You know, and and whether it's whether you're watching the news or the commercials between the news, uh, you're you're getting this thing that's trying to grab a hold of your attention and make you think in a particular way. It's an amazing thing today. I I, I guess I, I'm I'm making a side note here of personal opinion, but I've noticed more and more that the the news is not is losing its objectivity depending on who you're listening to. Okay. There was a time when there was a Walter Cronkite. <laughs> and some people look at me and say, well, what, what, he was a newsman. And he, I like, that's the way it is. 
you know, and uh, so we've got all these people contending for our thoughts. Man, if we're not going to the Word on a regular basis, if we're not in prayer on a regular basis, we're going to lose this battle. How essential it is that the Word become a part of your life. Well, I left off with blessed, do not curse from verse 14 as, as a way of, you know, don't take revenge. Instead, bless. Do not curse. Okay. Trust God. To the contrary, you know, uh, you, know you, you can trust God to do what is needed. And then this, this verse 21, overcome evil with good. This is what a transformed person with a renewed mind does. He overcomes evil with good. And it says here very bluntly, don't let evil overcome you. There is a battle going on for our minds. I think Romans chapter 7, in a sense, speaks to that. I, do, I, I, I want to do what's right, but I end up doing what's wrong. You know, there's a battle in the flesh. The flesh is still fallen. I still live in a flesh that says, feed me. Oh, okay. I, maybe too much. Uh, but that idea of, of, of wanting all my satisfaction. And even at the expense of, of having enough to share with someone, but not sharing it and hoarding it for myself. How do I overcome evil with good? It comes back to this same thing. Transformed mind. How does my mind get transformed? It's renewed. How does it get renewed? Through the Word of God. How critical it is that it be a part of who we are. Don't let evil overcome you. And I was thinking of a few Scriptures I wanted to share with you along that line. In Ephesians Chapter 2, in the 10th verse. We are His, Christ's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, we're not created to, to do what is wrong. We're created to do what is right. But we have to have the right mindset to do it. Our mind needs to be renewed. Galatians 6.10 Just a few pages back. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. We are, within the responsibility of the body of Christ, responsible to make sure that we are taking care of each other, that our needs are met. But he didn't exclude outside the church, in the community, even the non-believer. He said everyone, and that means universal everyone, the community. So within the framework of our community, we know there's a need. As a congregation, we should do what? Do something to help meet that. Somebody's hungry. Do something to help feed. I've, I've seen this congregation over the years come alongside different people that have needs and have done 
very quietly amazing things. Things that you wouldn't expect. You know, you think meeting a need, oh, that means give them a, a food voucher or something. Well, what if the what if the need is bigger than that? I'm thinking of one person that, that needed a special bed. Actually, it was a prescription. <laughs> you get a special bed. But there was no insurance to pay for it. And welfare wouldn't pay for it. Medicaid wouldn't pay for it. But someone in this congregation paid for it. They heard there was a need and they what? They met it. How about someone, a family who loses a, 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 a child at birth? Now there needs to be a, a service and a funeral and a burial. And it's a single mom. Yeah, single mom. And yet someone in the congregation comes alongside and meets the need. That's who we are supposed to be. And you know what's supposed to happen? Is it supposed to set this stage where all of a sudden the community looks and says, those people are different. They're sincere about their faith. They reach out into the community here and there and there and there, and they're part of what this is all about. And maybe individually, your neighbors might know you as people who they can depend on. And, and if there's a time of need, you're, you're knocking on the door. What can I do for you? And they're saying they're different. They're different. And at some point, the opportunity comes. They say, why are you different? And Peter tells you to be ready to give a defense of what you are. And that word defense means a testimony. Be ready to give a testimony to what God has done for you and why you are different. Not because, you know, God blesses me so I can bless other people. No, it's it's more of an idea of because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. He's changed the way I think. Be prepared to tell how God has made a difference in your life in that sense. This made me think as we approach communion, this made me think, do my actions validate my words? That's the conclusion I came to this, really was, you know, because it says, let your, your love be genuine. Going back to that, no hypocrisy. Do my actions, my lifestyle, what I say, what I do, how I spend my resources, do they validate? And it's not, I'm not asking that, that you can validate it. I'm asking between me and God, does it validate my words? Can I stand before God and say, yes, I am becoming this type of Christian? A transformed, renewed mind Christian. One who is even willing to, to minister to his enemies if necessary. And as much as possible, be at peace. Am I one of these people? And if not, and we'll find that we have imperfections all the way down the line, we, we see where we need to work on our walk with the Lord. And it's, it's a matter of, of between you and the Lord. Maybe, maybe sometimes God will put it on your heart to seek out another mature Christian uh, to say, how did you, I, I see you, you're handling this in your life. How did you do that? We're supposed to be able to do that with each other. But I think often we're too proud. 
But pride isn't part of the body of Christ. Do my actions validate my words? Christ's actions validated His words. He loved us. He loves us. God loves us so much that He gave His Son. The Son loved us so much that even as He looked to the cross and, and the, 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 the part about, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Hitting Him in the Garden of Gethsemane. And the, the, the anguish that that brought to Him. He still looked at the cross and He said, I go. He fixed His eyes on the cross. As we share communion this morning, I'd like the uh, song team to come back up and, and lead us in, a, in our song for communion. And we'll share communion together. We're, we're still not passing the, the plate. Uh, so, uh, be picking. you can come up here. The, uh, this side on, that I'm opening right now is the, the packet one. This side is the two cup with the communion uh, wafer in the bottom cup, just kind of twist the cups apart. Here's the wafer. Here's the, the fruit of the vine or the grape juice. And uh, feel free to come up here and, and, and take whichever one you would like to take while we're singing the song. Before you I kneel, my Master and Maker, to offer the work of my hand. For this is the day you've given your servants. I will rejoice and be glad, for the strength I have to live and breathe. Till your grace has given me all the needs and opportunities that will glorify your great name. Before you I kneel and ask for your goodness to cover the work of my hands, for patience and peace to shape all my labor. Your grace for thorns in my path Flow within me like a living stream Bear away the stones of pride and greed Now your ways are dwelling deep in me And the harvest of life is grown Before you we kneel our master and maker Establish the work of our hands and order our steps to seek first your kingdom in every small and great task. May we live the gospel of your grace, serve your purpose in our fleeting days, and 
those eyes will bring eternal praise and all glory to your great name. And all glory to your great name. The scriptures, I think of, of Paul as he's instructing uh, the Corinthians in reference to communion. And he says that he was instructed by Christ. And uh, he puts it this way. But in the following instructions, I do not commend... Oh, excuse me. Uh, see, here we go. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when He was betrayed, He took bread. And when He would given thanks, He broke it and said, This is My body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. Let us share the bread together. In the same way also, Jesus took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in My blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of Me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Let us share. Once again, Father, we thank You for the opportunity to share these emblems together, reminding us of the great sacrifice that You've made that only You could make. God in the flesh. God becoming man, emptying Himself. Not only becoming a man, but the servant of men. That You might redeem us that You might bring us to a point of peace with You and teach us what it is to be at peace with each other. We worship You. We praise You. We thank You. In Jesus' name, Amen. Would you stand as we close in song? God be the glory, great things He has done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son, who yielded His life and atonement for sin, and hope and the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. 
the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he has done. Oh, perfect redemption, the purchase of blood to every believer, the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory. Great things he has done. Great things he has taught us. Great things he has done. And great are rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our transport when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give Him the glory, great things He has done. Lord bless. Have a wonderful day. And again, happy Father's Day.